Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Courage Conversation Show. I'm your host, Ashley Easter. I'm the founder and executive director of Courage 365, and we have a great show planned for you tonight. We're gonna be talking again with Alexis Douglas. She has been on the show many times before, and she helps us understand the intersection between race, abuse. She teaches us about allyship. She teaches us about social awareness and consciousness and Wow, we've just learned so much. And I'm sad to say that this is going to be one of the last episodes for a little while with Alexis. So make sure that you just take in all this juicy conversation we're going to have because, oh my gosh, these are some of my favorite episodes that we do. I can't believe it's one of our last ones for a little bit, but it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. And if you have been living under a rock someplace and have not heard of Alexis, haven't seen our past shows, make sure you catch up on those. But let me just read something really quickly so you can be caught up if this happens to be your first time tuning in. So uh, continuing from last year, Courage 365 is taking steps to learn how to grow in our support of BIPOC, which stands for Black, Brown, Indigenous, and People of Color within the survivor community. And we're pleased to have Alexis Douglas. She's the founder of R&R Village uh, on the show again. She's taught us so much about allyship, race, and um, just kind of healing in general, understanding trauma, how it passes through generations. And I don't know, I just, every time it causes me to think, I learn something new and I can't wait to have her on the show again. We're gonna be talking about black joy and how that really is a form of resistance you're not going to want to miss it. Your friends and family are not going to want to miss it. So go ahead and hit share on this so others can tune in as well. All right. Well, we'll be back with Alexis right after this break. Hey, this is Ashley Easter, and I wanted to interject into this conversation to tell you about a product on the market that I think is going to be perfect for our survivor community. That product is called Call Me Go. Call Me Go is the world's first patented technological device that provides quick relief for anxiety, stress, and panic attacks. It combines three scientifically proven methods that activate the parasympathetic nervous system and calms the body. Comigo provides immediate relief and a sense of calm in just three minutes, provides confidence and allows you to stop fearing the next panic attack. It can be used anywhere due to its small size and discreet look, and it's completely drug-free and safe to use. And for our survivor community, Comigo has kindly offered us a promotional code where you can get $30 off. Just go to calmigo.com. That's C-A- L-M-I-G-O.com. When you reach the checkout, just put the word Courage30. That's C-O-U-R-A-G-E, the number three and the number zero, Courage30, in the coupon code section, and you will be eligible to get $30 off your Comigo. And of course, you can check out the show notes below this episode to click on a direct link right to the website. Hey, Alexis, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm super sad that this is one of our last episodes with you for a while, but I'm excited also because I know it's going to be fun. It will be fun. I'll be back at some point if you'll have me, Um, I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll say ta-ta for now. Yes, yes. And I know you're doing so much important work with your community activism and your R&R village. I mean, we're definitely going to stay in touch and Whenever you have information about your nonprofit coming up, let me let me know so I can share it with everybody oh, because they're gonna yes, they're gonna absolutely, want that. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, today, um, our topic is around black joy and black joy as resistance. And this is a topic I wanted to ask about for a couple reasons. Um, one of those is, well, first we've talked about a lot of important subjects and some of them are a little bit heavy. We always try to end on like a positive empowering note, but I wanted to kind of have our last talk about joy because I do think that as a white person, sometimes I myself and people in the white community can often think about black individuals, black challenges within society, oppression, and kind of have this like, oh, everything is dark and bad. And when I say dark, I don't mean that in a negative term, but just like scary and things are happening and there's a lot of oppression. What's that? I said dystopian. Dystopian. Yes. Um, That's the right word for it. But there is also so much joy. And I want to focus on that a little bit today because I think we can lose sight of that. And I also have been learning recently about just the term black joy and how it is resistance in the face of oppression and in the face of racism and the way our society has been set up. And so first, I wondered, since I'm kind of new to hearing that specific phrase, is that something you could share about what exactly that means? Because it sounds like just, you know, lots of fun and joy. And I feel like it's actually a lot deeper than that. Can you can you talk about what that phrase means? So black joy as resistance is the reason it's resistance is because the original intention for us was nothing of nothing but anyone else's joy. Um beast of burden. And as we know about the power of intention, with without conscious awareness to what that intention is and to make a new intention then you live iterations of that so when we say black joy is an act of resistance it means that we are aware that we are entitled to our liberated joy and mm-hmm. it's our birthright and we're and you, it's a choice to exist in that consciousness and not just the consciousness that means to continue to oppress wow that is that is really beautiful. So it sounds like to me from what I'm understanding you saying, like there is all this heaviness, but the resistance part is like leaning into kind of the the essence, the vibration of liberation and joy despite all of the challenges and the difficulties being faced. Is that right? Yes. And but also as like a if we, if, uh, yes, despite all those challenges, but in the face of them, mm. like you don't oh. get to have my units of attention, my joy does. Yeah. And when oppression is about focusing your units of attention because mm. what you get from units of attention is labor. Uh, what you, or, I mean, there's many things you get from units of attention, my dollars, my whatever, but my joy is mine that exists in my body. Hmm. 
my person, my family, my, the, like, you can give me situation in life yeah. that causes me to choose to separate from joy, mm. but you can't have my joy. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And do you think there's a difference between joy and happiness in this context? Joy, yeah. In this context, happiness feels situational. Hmm. And joy feels like an emotional state. Mm. So like happiness is a reaction to a situation. Yeah. And joy is a chosen state of being. Like right. there's a certain, like people who feel happy are happy, can be happy with the outcome. They can be happy right. with this person. But when I think of joy, there is a liber, there's a freedom to be happy. There's a freedom mm. to be there's a freedom to be loving there's a yeah. freedom to be warm and yeah. so joy is a state of liberation it's a state of 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 being mm. yeah that's really beautiful that's really beautiful um i follow this instagram account that i really love i think it was um lavon briggs who brought it to my attention but it's called the nap ministry have you heard of it oh, i love the nap ministry okay. yes take a nap yes so I've been following it probably since 2019 and I know it is specifically for um, black people, but I've also learned a lot from it as well. And some of the concepts that um, the creator um, talks about is really about how even rest is resistance to capitalism. And um I found that super profound because I know even as a white woman, I have this hang up around resting and just feeling pleasure for the sake of pleasure and joy for the sake of joy. And then also from other conversations that we've had, other research that you know I've done speaking to people of color, like that's only amplify this pressure to not be at rest. And um, I wondered if you could talk maybe about your relationship with rest and maybe how rest and joy perhaps go together and um, maybe even just how joy in the face of capitalism is um, a thing. And I feel like rest kind of falls under that category. <laughs> That's a lot of loaded question. Yeah, um, I know. I'm a terrible question stacker. My relationship with rest is one that is on the men. Yeah. Um, I too find it is not that I find the concept of rest or the process of rest difficult. What I mm. find difficult is not blaming myself for lack of productivity because I have rested yeah, or because I like, it's, I have tr trouble knowing when I'm being lazy or when I'm resting. Mm. They feel quite similar because I know what is possible to do with this unit of time. Right. Um, so that's the answer to my relationship with rest. <laughs> Capitalism is a consumption-based system. The law of supply and demand. There has to be suppliers for demanders. Um, 
the I don't remember all of the the I'm not an economist, but sure. if there is no lower class, there is no upper class. Right. Mm. Like so that system is a system where one has to consume from the other in order for it to survive. Right. If I'm on the lower class, but I have the belief that I can be in the upper class, then I am wasting, like the only thing I have is whatever units of time I have left that are not left on survival. Mm. And I am wasting my time if I rest where I could be getting, I could achieve, I could thrive, I could get ahead. And that's the, the, the thing that keeps you from being able to rest. So mm. if you come from generations, if you have that like, oh man, if I'm sitting still, I'm doing bad. And generations of that or generations of financial insecurity and you want to work hard to overcome and get out of, you forget that you're entitled to rest and you're entitled to, in the rest is where your imagination can come in. In the play is where you can have creativity, mm-hmm. um, you can get into your zone of genius. But if all you have to do is work to survive, rest takes away from your survival. It's like programmed into you that you are, you're, you're hurting yourself when you rest. Mm. Wow. So it is an act of resistance to do it. You're resisting your cap, your consumer program. Like that programming sucks when you're the one being consumed. Right. You're becoming so, a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> if all you dream of is more and more work to do and it's not purpose or passion filled work, mm. then you are selling your time. You're selling your life for your survival. Mm. Wow. And they're supposed to go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's really good. See? That's really good. Yeah. So, it seems to me that joy and rest, joy is resistance, rest is resistance, that there's sort of a relationship between joy and rest. Do you see it that way? And do you think they're separate or do you think they're intertwined or, or what would you say? I feel like there's probably a correlation between mm. the two. Yeah. Um, when you have more rest, you can have more joy. Mm. Unless you are like, unless the work you do or the thing that is keeping you invigorated, like, unless it's like energized and invigorating work. Yeah. That's like re- re- recharging or refueling work. Um, mm. Then, then yeah, there is like, I feel like there's a relationship, a correlation between the two, but not, not necessarily a causation. Right. Like just because you rest doesn't mean you get joy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But if you don't rest, you can't have joy. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's really helpful. And I've begun to see, like I said, the, the term black joy. I mean, I, I had the concept that people who are black had joy in their lives like that. That's not something that I, I didn't have consciousness about, but like kind of using those two words specifically together to carry um, the meaning and kind of definition that you kind of talked about in the beginning. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just had, no, no, no. You're, I had an intrusive thought. Please go ahead. Thank you. It's not just the act, like 
We want you to see black people with joy too, so that it becomes normalized, so that it becomes commonplace, so that when we're canvassing and knocking on your door, you don't tell us to leave your porch with guns uh, blazed because Mm. your bias tells you we shouldn't be doing civic work. Mm. We want we want you to see us in joy so that you can have a vision for what our joy looks like and feel safe in that. Mm. But that's what we want from white people as it relates to joy and to stop oppressing, obviously. Um, But for us on the experiential side, it Mm. is the resting in the feeling that I can have joy and it not be taken from me. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say with that then that seeing others enjoy helps humanize them in the eyes of others? Is that is absolutely? That yeah. Uh-huh. I, yes, it helps humanize them. And if you have to see my pain in order to see me as human, then I'm a question your humanity. Mm. Right. Right. So. I, it, I, but see, it means that you can see me with my family and mirror yourself to your family. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's connected. Um. P&G had a good commercial where they showed a man going to, uh, like, he looked, if you are not immersed in Black culture, he looked ominous. And, like, they had, mm-hmm. you know, the ominous music and stuff playing. And then the, his destination was his grandmother's birthday party. Mm. And it was the show like, hey, just because he looks like what is stereotypically characterized as a thug, doesn't mean he's not going to visit his, like, that's a, that's your judgment. He's right. going to his grandmother's birthday party. He's going, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it, I like it because it showed the, it humanized. There was joy at the end instead mm. of struggle. Right, right. And we yeah. need to manifest in our struggle because you're so sensationalized by it. Mm, right. And that makes me think of, of course, there's a lot of things going on in a scenario like this, but kind of the the Karens out there who are seeing Black people having fun at a barbecue and they're calling the police because, oh, I don't think you should barbecue here. Um instead of recognizing this is a family just like she has a family likely experiencing joy this isn't a threat um but even still sometimes black joy is seen as a threat and is that do you think because obviously racism but can you maybe break down why some people see just that that joy and that love and peace of black communities as somehow like something to call the police on or, or something to be a threat. Can, can you maybe talk to like what, what's going on there and what that is? Cause that seems like a huge form of resistance when you know that reaction is often in the, in society. It, 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 I mean, I don't know that the family that's barbecuing is doing it as an act of resistance right, unless they're right. doing it somewhere they know that there was a, you know, right. an incident that happened before. It's about just trying to live and experience their joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the Karen, 
I would venture to say they need more joy in their life too. Right. Because what I found is what I think is there's a, a, a history of intergenerational rape, internalized bias mm. in the Karen. Yeah. That the person who has inherited that uh, bias has also lived a life that confirms it for them in whatever way, you know, whether mm. it be media images that paint mm-hmm. bad uh, black people in bad light. Right. And then there's the like satisfaction of being the one who caught the mm. bad guy, even though that's right. not your role. Right. Yeah. And so when you think about the craving of that satisfaction, I need to be right. Mm-hmm. If you felt right and whole within yourself, you wouldn't need to get it from someone else. So like you wouldn't find the joy and the satisfaction mm. of, oh, they're not supposed to do that. So let me make sure yeah. they can't do that. Yeah. You would yeah. have the ability to see, oh, that's a nice family. And they're have they look like they're having a good time mm-hmm. because you had that joy in your own life to be able to recognize. Mm. Um, so yeah. you wouldn't need to extract the joy from us. Right. Yeah. Extracting the joy like that. I think that's really, that reminds me like when I talk to people who are victims of narcissists, I remind them that narcissists aren't preying on them because they're weak. They're preying on them because the narcissist feels a deficit in themselves and wants to steal that from the person who is full of that love, that peace, that, you know, beautifulness. And it seems like kind of what you're talking about is the same way. Somebody who has a deficit in themselves, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to fix the trauma within me. I'm going to really deal with my internalized racism. Instead, I'm going to try to make myself feel better by harming somebody else, by trying to steal joy from someone. And that, um, I love how you help us go deeper because obviously the surface action is like, don't do that. (laughs) You know, like, don't, you know, don't mess up that family's barbecue. That's like, but it's not just the not, acting badly it's also addressing the internal things that like you said are the generations of bias and racism and lack of joy in their own life and I think that for me that is such um I think all these conversations that we have had together it's helped me learn on a greater level that it is certainly about the direct actions of not enacting violence, but it's also where did that tendency or that um, desire come from and how can I work on the internalized bias within me and, and fix those things on a heart level and a root level, not just kind of the, the visible portion um, yeah. And I want to just throw this in. You can send intentions to your ancestors. Mm. You can pray for the elevation of your racist Uncle Frank's soul. 
<laughs> or your grandfather yeah. who was in the KKK, you can do those things. Yeah. And that will have effect on the part of that ancestry that lives in your body. Mm. But if you don't, then you will have, you will have these biases and they will be mm. bigger than you are because that is unhealed generational trauma too. Numbness mm. to pain, agony, and that's a trauma too. Yeah. And so being able to be an oppressor, being able to dehumanize is a separation of your own divinity as well. Mm. And so if you do not elevate your ancestors and you do not, the same way you can manifest and you send intention and follow your intuition, you need to be sending some of that intention to the history that you jumped into. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. That's so deep. Um, yeah. So one of the things that you had mentioned is how important it is to see the representation of black people experiencing joy and normalizing that. And you talked about the PNG commercial and I'm glad that we're starting to see some of that coming into mainstream society, but it's certainly not there to the extent that it should be presented in media. And so if we were to encourage white people in particular who are watching this to seek out um, expressions of black joy and support creators and artists who are really embodying that, um, who are maybe some examples of people, organizations, groups, movies, music makers, any of those things that you think like these would be people to bring into your consciousness to support their um, art or expression so you can learn and, and normalize that in your own self? I'm thinking, uh, this is my That's thinking face. Um, so it's about, in my opinion, taking the time to be curious mm. about Black culture yeah, without extracting Black culture. Mm. So like take the time to promote or to like on Netflix, if you're watching Netflix, watch, they have like a, four, you know, strong Black leads. Yeah. Yeah. Watch that and watch different kinds. There's a, the man who fell from to earth on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. I love that show because it's just a sci-fi with a black lead. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't, there's, I'm gonna there's write nothing that about down. it. <laughs> okay. But in that, there's nothing about its blackness though. Oh, Other than, and here's the thing, except there, there's a guy who is a FBI agent who becomes uh, obsessed mm-hmm. in his handler calls him out calls his white male obsession out as a dominating force but mm. what the only thing that said like where i hear about his blackness was that i heard about whiteness yeah in there yeah. And, and but like it was just i love sci-fi but yeah, sometimes there's black <laughs> in sci-fi so i don't get to see things that look like me in sci-fi or if they do they're like different but um I really enjoyed that one because, okay. So, but it's like he fell to humanity and he's an immersive learner and I don't want to get too much of the plot, but like subcontext and, and emotions and things like that are not so familiar to him. So you get to see like this grown up 
be with all the grown uh, uh, with genius consciousness be a seven year old <laughs> emotional you know but not like where he's reacting in tantrum but just like totally doesn't get it um, right so I really like that show uh but that that's like this is that's my entertainment um, yeah for me maybe learn African American vernacular English. Mm. so that when someone says a sassy phrase to you you don't do something like call hr and say you felt uncomfortable right yeah um or if somebody tells you to say less you don't think they're telling you to shut up right <laughs> right and also less, yeah. like you said say without less. like taking it on and starting to use that vernacular when it's not yours <laughs> right because it just you know it won't sound right um right <laughs> But like to like things to if you get to know black culture, then you'll mm. see the people in the culture instead of the villains that you think come from the culture. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. we get to know our culture the same way everybody else does through our community, through the programming we watch, through the food mm -hmm. that we eat, through the stories that we tell. Yeah. So take the time to learn this other culture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. One of my favorite um, Black creators, he's a comedian, um, Tony Baker. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. I like he Tony makes Baker. all the funny, funny animal videos. Oh my God. I laugh so hard. That's what my husband and I do before bed is I like save up all of Tony Baker's videos for like a week or something. And then we just like watch all the, the funny animal voiceovers he does. I love those. He, so he's much. pretty funny. He is. Um, I just watched Ali Sadiq's uh, special on uh -huh. that he released on YouTube. It was yeah. hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, he, he talks about when he went to move with his father and instead of staying with his mother, he says, mom wasn't fun, but his father did not have a lot of amenities. <laughs> I love that. So when, he lost, when he moved in with his father, he just lost all the access to the amenities. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love how you, how you gave kind of some examples of maybe creators to look into, but also just kind of a general, like, Creators are going to come and go. There's going to be new ones on the scene. So the the main thing is like just learning about Black culture and appreciating it. And like you said in the beginning, not for the purpose of taking it, stealing it, owning it for yourself, but um, to learn, to grow, to see the joy in it. And um, yeah, okay, that's that's really, really powerful. Um, I think I have one more question here. Um, this is like more directed towards people um, who are in the survivor community who maybe identify as BIPOC. And not only are they experiencing just the, the heaviness of racism, classism, all the things, but on top of that, maybe there's some sort of abuse trauma. And they're really struggling to find some of that joy in their life would you have any words for them as far as how to to claim that that liberating um joy for themselves 
You gotta dare to be corny. Hmm. And that's specifically to black people that are feeling that. Like, um, sometimes our culture is real tough. Yeah. In the face of trauma, and there's a um, because we've had to laugh off so many traumatic things. There right. can be. Uh, criticism in the tone and, and just like, you know, negative context around things. So when I say dare to be corny, when I realize that I get to choose how I experience my life and I get to choose what feelings I embody, I choose to be kind. I choose to be uh, compassionate, generous, um, sweet. Sweet is one that I probably should practice again, but it it's not natural to me. Mm-hmm. And so... I had to like, but if you start being sweet where everybody is shooting the dozens or making jokes at each other's expense, you're kind of corny. You're seen as lame. You can can get criticism like, oh, with that weak stuff. So, but I found that I enjoy the experience of kindness more than I do Mm. the criticism and being the best joker or saying, you know what I'm saying? Tracking everybody's faults to be able to, to, uh, now that changed my community. It changed the people mm. I was around, which then gave me the space to begin to be open to newer experiences because it's not always safe to open yourself to new experiences if you're in the same environment. So mm. if there's no joy for you and your expression in that environment, you got to change your environment, but that's right. a process because yeah. you have to learn the skill. Cause when you are when you leave your your family of origin or whatever the community, you leave that, you would have to learn a new culture. And that comes with growing pains and whatever that culture is. And I don't mean a new culture like another, like it could just be different kinds of people within your own culture. You still have to learn the subculture. And yeah. that comes with its own rules of stuff. So as you're developing your sense of self, that is the self you're choosing and not just the self that was you were conditioned to be, Dare to be corny because corny actually feels good. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you for that, Alexis. Um, yeah, are there any final thoughts you have on the topic of joy? Um, this has all been so good. Don't be afraid to invest in somebody's black joy. That's just my shameless plug out there. Yes. Um, sometime now. Don't be like I have been and do something for somebody's joy and then be mad at them when they don't have joy. Sometimes <laughs> there's a learning curve, okay? Sometimes there's a learning. If you didn't know joy, it's hard to just catch it the right. first time. Yeah. So you got to get it sometime, but don't be afraid to invest in Black joy and realize there's a learning curve with joy as, you know, the experience is something. So be patient. Mm, that's really good that's really good and um i know you have some social media so tell people where they can find you and then um by the time this episode comes out i think you may have your r&r village website up um so maybe tell us what the url is for that and uh so people can check that out as well so um it is r&r village I believe it's rnrvillage.org, the URL. Um, and that and then on social medias, you RNR Village. Oh, we didn't talk about it on this episode. My apologies. <laughs> RNR Village is um, we offer programming that helps 
black and American descendants of slavery heal from the impact of systemic racism and be able to pass a dignified life to the generation behind them. Um, and so you heard the URL. And so that's what r r Village is. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and um, Twitter, Alexis Douglas. But I don't, don't I, actually, you probably won't find me on Twitter. I don't even lurk on Twitter, So, but I have one. <laughs> Um, but Facebook and Instagram are where you can okay. find it. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. And we'll have you back on the show again. This won't, won't be the last time. But um, yeah, really, really thankful for everything that you do. Um, and I guess in the interim, I'm just going to have to watch some back episodes and everybody else's as well. <laughs> watch some yeah, of the ones from last year. Get those views up. Get those views up. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you this so much. Content that they can watch. <laughs> yes, absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, thank you so much. Um, I I love talking with you, and um, again, I've just grown so much, and I know our community has as well because of of your expertise and and your sharing on such important topics. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And everyone, um, please make sure that you follow Alexis, but also our social media. You can do so um, by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We stream this every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can catch the back episodes on our website, courage365.org. Just click the videos tab and you can see all of the episodes that Alexis has done in the past. Um, they're worth, worth re-watching for sure, but if you haven't seen all of them, I think this is our final one and we've had a total of six. So if you've missed any of them, please go back. It's, it's going to be really, really good uh, for you. We also have some other things offered for you as well on our website, including our free ebook, Five Keys for Living a Life of Courage. This can help you take your next most courageous steps in your survivor healing journey. In addition to that, we also have a need help tab on our website. Um, there is a list of hotlines, of supportive blogs and websites, resources to help you um, get the connection uh, that you need and deserve. We've started something new this year called Courage Clubs. These are online peer support groups for adult survivors of abuse. And this is led by our very own Megan Benninger, who has been a part of our community for quite a while. Um, every uh, first Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern, she talks about a new healing topic from our curriculum. This is one of those things where you can go deep and talk about your short story with other survivors who get it if that feels safe and comfortable to you. But if not, still come because we'll be focusing on a particular healing topic and you can engage there without having to self-reveal if that's not something that feels good for you in the moment. Um, yeah, these are totally and completely free, but you do have to register. So go to courage365.org slash clubs, or just go to our website and click the clubs tab to register. So you can get on our email, um, list that will give you these specific, um, 
link to be able to join. And then last but not least, we have a text message community. This is text messages created by survivors for survivors. We send them out Monday through Friday every week. These are empowering text messages to really kind of give you the shot in the arm of courage every morning. And all you have to do to sign up for these is just with me, pull out your phone, get to a clean um, text message. And I want you to type in the two form this number. It is 917-809-7311. Let me say that one more time for you. That's 917-809-7311. And then in the message section, just type the word courage, hit submit, and you'll be added to our text list. You will not be being, be bombarded by text messages from other survivors. It's just from us. It's created by different survivors from this community, though the responses are from me. So if you get a response message, if you reply or something, then that is from me. It's a great way to stay connected. Um, thank you all so, so much for tuning in tonight. And until next time, live with courage.